Hello and welcome to Makers.dev episode number 57. Chris, hello. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> it's going well. Uh, the air in this room is very dry. I've been on a constant mission to pump up the humidity. Right now, it's at uh, 37%, which is with a humidifier going on full blast. I've ordered a new humidifier from uh, researching different humidifiers on YouTube that's going to pump out. It's a whole house humidifier that mm, I'm going to yep. have for like a tiny little bedroom. <laughs> uh, and it has a humidistat, I think it's called, or a hydrometer that figures it out. And it's going to just pump more water into the air. Uh, so that's that's what I've been thinking about for the last couple of days. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And a bunch Good. of other stuff too. Good luck on your uh, humidity mission. Uh, yeah, it's just dry here too. Um, it's just, uh, just a thing. Yeah. I had no idea how many things it impacted of like allergies are worse mm -hmm. and you get sicker easier and you feel worse and you don't sleep as well. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a thing. Uh, let's jump into it. How did your mission go to get acorn chat in Slack? Yes. So, um, you gave me the task to, there are four things that I have to do. Um, one is features, the other is documentation, um, and then there's like marketing stuff and then actually getting it in the store. Um, I got stuck on the first one, which is features, <laughs> um, which may be predictable, but yeah. So I, um, I, did, I did actually get it booted and everything and started doing the feature thing, realized I did not leave it in as well as a place as I thought I left it. It's been a while since I've run it. So I got stuck in f the features of uh, trying to get it done. Um, so we can talk all about that. Part of the reason that I got stuck, though, also is because I did some meeting place, actually. I haven't done that for a while. Uh, someone reached out there, a group in Chicago, and they um, had some feature questions. Um, they, they went from, like, zero to 100 people, like, right away. So they converted their whole existing group, which is cool. Oh, wow. Um, but then they were like, hey, can you do this? And I was like, I've wanted to do that for a while. <laughs> and so uh, I actually worked on that some. Um, yeah, and then I did Kaggle for the rest. So we can talk about all those all those things. But I got stuck on features. Let's dig into it. What were the features you got stuck on and what in particular did you spend the most time on that was yeah. the stuck in place? So most, I mean, uh, so I've, I've been trying to figure out if I could, you know, like not build everything I want to build to make it like super functional. Mm -hmm. And I just want to release a really good product, right? Like I want, even, even if nobody uses it, I want it to be good, <laughs> which is what you and I have talked about before. And so I started doing the, the one where I can tell if you're online or not. Um, like through Slack that brought up a, a list of things that I know I need to do in order to be like f for that to be um, consistent and like reliable um, I have to have like a background thing checking it and that like, like I need a checker and a checker for the checker and you know like all these things to make sure even on Heroku you know if it goes down then you have to recheck and then how often do you recheck and stuff and so mm. it's a kind of feature that, that in particular is a kind of feature where there's lots of little things that can go wrong and it's hard to test because it's like well how do you test that your server fails and, and that kind of thing um, so that for one just took longer than I expected it to. Um, and it's not done yet. Um, and then once I started doing that, I was like, Oh, uh, you know, I want these buttons to look different <laughs> and you know, some of that stuff, which is, which I know I could not do. Um, and then other stuff like, um, uh, like, like I, I started a new list of features of things that are like, if someone actually bought this product, they're going to want this. Um, and I don't know. I could just finish the first one, which is what I should do. That's what I planned on doing. And it's just taking longer than I thought it would. And, you know, I should probably just finish it. So as you as my boss should probably just tell me to finish it. Um, but the rest of it's like st stuff I want to do to make a make a nice product. So um, 
it's all stuff we've talked about before but yeah getting stuck on on making it good instead of making it available man get out of my head There's, I, I feel like professionally we are the same person uh down to the buttons oh man one of the first times i tried to go through this recoding of file inbox to be serverless no joke i spent i spent four weeks theming the buttons mm. of like this is the perfect button and oh <laughs> this pixel perfect you hover over it and it goes down and like it didn't matter <laughs> like, like how much better would the world have been if instead of wasting those four weeks on that i like just got something out there perfect is the enemy of good yep. uh if if i had gotten an okay product shipped that would have been so much better than this now waste i don't even know where those buttons are that i made it's lost in some branch of a repo of some fork of it that i haven't looked at in, in months um yeah that's a i i get it <laughs> that's uh it's it's difficult to get sucked down feature hole uh okay so like the the thing that i would want in this sort of position is a push forward of like do you really need this feature if the thing you're trying to get after is just get this published just get it on the slack app store in its current state without offline online uh support uh can it help someone and i totally get the sentiment of like you want it to be good uh but you know if you like if you publish it, it's not like every single person that could possibly want to use it is going to see it immediately and evaluate it and be like, ah, right. there's no, no online offline yeah. support. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to use it. So like this, these things can be incrementally improved. Um, is, is this truly really a deal breaker that like, this is the line of functionality or can you ship something subpar? That's not perfect. That is able to help people. Uh, it I, so it either needs this or it needs the ability to, uh, capture things as an email automatically. Um, so I'll explain. So if you're not on Slack and someone comes to your website and they chat in the little chat window right now, it just gets lost. <laughs> well, it doesn't get lost. It, uh, it goes to Slack. So you see what they said, but you can't respond in any way. You have no way to get back to them because they'll okay. be long gone off your site for them. So that, I mean, that's a pretty much a deal breaker. I would think for like, that means you have to be on Slack 24 seven or your customer, you know, you lose like the ability to respond to your customers, which is the whole point of the, of the thing. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, this feature or a, a feature to capture email addresses automatically. Um, like, you know, they're offline right now. Would you like to send them an email instead? That feature. Um, one of those two is, is I would say mandatory for it to live up to, you know, for, for it to be functional. Yeah. Okay. Is one of those easier than the other? Capturing the person's email seems pretty straightforward. They're just like, you know, when when you send the first yeah. message, that's a that's a two field form now. I type in my email address and the message. And yeah, and you save that somewhere. Yes. So based on the work that I've already done, it what it was going to be about as hard. Based on the work I've already done, uh, that's that's probably the easier path to take than what I was doing. So yeah, I could do that. Um, okay. Yeah. You don't sound excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just trying to think. I, I, I'm trying to internal. You know, trying to trying to figure out why why I did this. Other than I know that I always do this. Um, yeah. And part of it is because of one of the other things, just Kaggle, which we can talk about. So the Kaggle competition I've been doing for the rest of the week got me really frustrated. <laughs> and it was because uh, I can explain why, but, but I was frustrated from that. And so I went back to something that I know I had complete control over, which is oh. doing features for something on my local machine, right? Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to internalize as I'm talking about, like, do I go? did I go back to features because I was frustrated on the Kaggle thing? Um, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I feel that too. It's uh, I'm excited to talk about this in my update, but I had something similar happen to me this week. <laughs> I got completely sidetracked uh, working on a Wordle solver. Uh, but it feels really good. And it's, it's nice to like get in that flow and like, ah, I have an idea for a thing and I'm going to make it. And, ooh, it's, it's very nice. And ooh, I can do this thing to make it a little bit nicer. And ah, I've made this thing now. Oh, it's so good. Um, that's the type of work. That's the type of flow that I just thrive in that, that feels really good. Um, and it's frustrating that sometimes that's not, well, often that's not the best path towards helping people more, uh, which yeah. is the way that I make money and improve the world. Um, and like, working on this feature sounds like it wasn't wasted that that this is a an important feature and it sounds like you're you're really wanting to nail down that like you're doing this in the right way uh you're you're building this in a way that there isn't technical debt um that there's like monitors to make sure the the servers on heroku aren't going down and uh i i i don't know that i can fault that like you know it it may very well be that you worked on this in the best way that was possible to work on it um but i i do just want to push on that a little bit of like is is there an easier way to get to this being on the Slack app store? Um, or did we underestimate the amount of time needed to uh, get a, a good product that you felt like was the minimum viable package or something that could help people? Um, and this amount of time was needed. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm, uh, I'm not... Uh like I'm sort of flailing a lot because my week was just sort of like, eh. <laughs> and so yeah. that, uh, that, yeah, that's why I, I just, I don't have a great update this week, just like last week, but that's fair. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I'm same. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike last week, uh, this, this was, uh, uh, a week where I didn't do the work that would have been the best for me to do. Uh, cool. Well, looking forward, what's, what, what makes the most sense to like allocate time towards still aiming at getting acorn chat, as a thing that can help people in the Slack app store um, from zooming out, like from, from the, the boss level, uh, what's the quickest path to get this app published? Yeah. Um, I know I won't want to until this feature is done and I'm mostly through it. And so I want to just finish it, even though it's going to take, it'll take a few more days. Like, okay. um, I mean, it took, you know, significantly longer than I thought it would, uh, you know, for just things exploding complexity once you get into them. Right. And so, I, st I still need to do it. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Yep. Well, I'm excited for uh, bulletproof online uh, <laughs> notifications <laughs> that uh, you know for sure that someone is online or offline. And you yeah. even know if the <laughs> infrastructure that can tell if someone's online or offline, uh, that that's also going to be online. Uh, neat. Talk to me about the Kaggle competition. This is the, the uh, pet one where, yep. like, how how good is this pet photo? Uh, you said that was frustrating. That, that uh, uh, Talk to me about that. Yeah, so I did it three completely different ways. And within those three ways, I did it. I tried many di different things. And I got to nearly the exact same answers on, on all three ways. Um, and th this is discussed in the forums. And, like, it was discovered before I discovered it. But I discovered the same thing, which is the if you just predict the if it's a dog or cat and then predict the mean score for dog or cat you get almost uh almost <laughs> to the top mm. uh and so it's like they they did not give enough information to actually complete the task um okay. which was for, for people listening this is where you have to basically predict how much web traffic a pet 
application is going to get on a on a pet adoption website just based on the photo alone but the the very biggest problem is that it's almost entirely determined by what other pictures are showing up on the screen at a time um, and as an example there's in the training data there are two pictures of the same dog like the dog got listed twice or something and it has a score separated by almost like 30 points out of 100 oh. um, yeah and the right now the average error is like 17 or something so like the same oh. dog yeah <laughs> can have like double the double the score um, or like double the error uh, yeah um, that, okay that sounds like you're yeah. overfitting to the data then if like yes. that you you shouldn't be able to predict any better than 30 percent if that's the, the spread okay okay huh. so it, it's just really frustrating because like you you spend a lot of time on it and it's like some some problems don't want to be solved by machine learning because yeah, like yeah. the data just is not it's not good enough yeah uh, how yeah. frustrating yeah. what's the advice you would give to the owner of this pet website for how they could present you with a solvable problem yeah um it'll be interesting to see when the competition ends usually there's more information that comes out about like what the top teams did so it will will be interesting to see if they found anything or if it's they're just overfitting to the public leaderboard Hmm. um and this uh site has actually run a competition before a few years ago and there they were instead of predicting like clicks on a website they're predicting adoption speed Hmm. Um, which I feel like is a better indicator because that is not, I mean, it is based on what other pets are available at the time, but it's not as strictly based on like what other pets one person is seeing, you know, because hmm. like on a page. Um, so it's more like that, that one will be more like, you know, the age and the breed, um, will determine it, which, which is part of what determines how many clicks it gets like on a site. But, um, yeah, so it's, it's probably something like make sure you're, the thing you're trying to predict is aligned with what you're actually trying to figure out. So yeah, getting clicks on a web, on a pet finding website is good, but really you want, you know, dogs and cats that are adopted faster so you can turn them over faster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay. So if they redo this competition next month and they make it instead of clicks, we're going to have a spinoff of the previous competition we did where it's trying to figure out actual adoption, uh, if that was the only thing they changed, do you f- do you feel like that would be enough to have a meaningful competition? No, because <laughs> I, I don't think this is the type of problem that's very well solved with machine learning. Like it's it's sort of unpredictable, okay. um, and so yeah, if if your data doesn't support what you're doing, then you're not going to be able to solve the competition. Um, I, I did think of another thing, which is. Um, what something that would be very helpful was even just for the training data, if they told us what pets were listed alongside of the pets, um, mm. then you could like sort of normalize for, so, so like, you know, all the pets that are listed at a time and you see this one gets way more clicks than this one, then you can kind of normalize for what pets are on the site at any one time. And even if they didn't have that for test data and just had it for training data, then that would give better results. So if they just wanted to do one thing to improve it now, it'd just be give more data, even just for training data. And I think that would improve. Like the more data you have, the better you're going to be able to predict. Okay. And then the the rough thing you'd be doing in AI is looking at like how uh, I feel gross for using this word, but attractive are the pets around <laughs> the given pet. So like, you know, if you've got a if you've got an ugly Chihuahua, and he's surrounded by golden retrievers, people are going to click less on the Chihuahua, or maybe they'd click more on it because now it's the one different in the in the 
see exactly. if exactly yeah the thing is you don't care you let the machine tell you um yeah so it, it might be that people click on the, the weird looking chihuahua more because yeah. <laughs> it's unique um and and so you don't have to worry about attractiveness of pet or anything like that you just say here's all the things here's how many times i got clicked and uh like you know tell me what type of pet uh is clicked on and what they really want to know is what type of photo they they basically want to make sure that uh all pets are given the best chance that they have to get adopted and so like you know out of 20 photos can you sort of rank them and tell me which one i should show so that people who want a pet like this click on the click on it yeah Um, that's kind of what they want so having Use the word attractiveness. My mind is now going to uh, dating apps. <laughs> like, <laughs> it seems like it seems like this, whatever techniques you're using to, to solve this problem would also be useful for dating apps. If you went to like, if, if OkCupid hosted a, a competition and was like, hey, given this person's profile and this list of the potential photos they could put, which one should we put as the as the first position? Which I think I think Tinder actually does. They, I don't know if it was Tinder, but one of the apps um released a whole bunch of statistics about like yeah is it better to have animals in your photo is it better to have multiple people is it better to have whatever yeah um, they, they yeah they released all that information which is very interesting to look at yeah. i love it <laughs> what a what a weird world we're living in <laughs> uh i'm curious you mentioned that uh the the simplest strategy that seems to be performing as good as the best strategies is just detect if it's a cat or a dog and then give the mean score for cat or dog uh i'm curious it's not helpful <laughs> yeah it's not, yeah <laughs> like, uh <laughs> here's your tip for uh taking a picture of your dog make it a cat uh <laughs> it's, um what is what's the difference in the mean between cats and dogs which um, which pictures get clicked on more I, th- I think i think dogs are higher but they have higher variance as well um, interesting yeah so it's it's harder to take a good picture of a dog, it seems, and cats are sort of average, all average. <laughs> <laughs> cats, cats are consistent. <laughs> you yeah. can't take a bad photo of them. Um, that's funny. Huh. Neat. Well, noted. Uh, this is an important lesson, I think, for like applying AI to business that, that you have to have enough... I think we've talked about this before, but you mm-hmm. have to have enough understanding of like what is capable in ML to be able to frame a problem in a way that you're actually going to get a useful answer. It's like the old uh, Douglas Adams joke about the answer to life, the universe and everything being 42. Like it wasn't a good question. Ask a different question. Ask one that, that uh, you, you have enough information to give a meaningful answer on. Yeah. It, and like I said, the competition is over next week. And so it may be that the top team actually figured something out. Um, so it's not over yet. Maybe I'm proved wrong next week, but Fair. as of right now I'm getting like the top team is like 17, point five or something and i can get like you know like right now i'm sitting at 18 but i have a thing that i'm gonna upload which i think will be like 17.8 or something so like you know 0.3 difference out of 17 so like yeah yeah which seems like it seems like gambling at this point that because there was the same pet uploaded twice and they had a a 30 point spread you said it was something Uh, like 30 yeah okay like (laughs) you're you're just you're playing an ml game of like yeah who can happen to match the secret uh test data the best um that's that's frustrating um it's cool that you like you know even in this case of like you haven't meaningfully solved this problem like you still got better at machine learning and uh learned techniques that in the future if 
Tinder ever had a, a gag <laughs> competition, like you could uh, you could do the same thing. I imagine it's going to be a similar heuristic for getting to the top of like figure out if it's a man or a woman first, <laughs> and if it's a woman, it's going to get clicked on much more. Uh, but yeah, cool. Yeah, I I like this sort of game where like you can't lose even if it goes poorly. Uh, so yeah, cool. Yeah. I learned a whole bunch of stuff. I started reading uh, ML papers, which I'd done before, but not as much as I have recently. Um, mm. And so, and that's like the way that you get better after you take all the regular classes and you kind of know all the things. The way you get better is by reading the papers that come out um, mm. because they are like, that's how the state of the art is pushed forward. And and they're pretty, they're both not readable at all and also pretty readable. <laughs> like uh, they, you have to do, when you submit a paper, you have to do this song and dance where you like have eight eight pages of like, equations and stuff just to get like mm. accepted places but then usually there's a few sentences in there that describe your like entire method and as long as you you know as a reader can find those few sentences and understand them then like you can get the whole thing and just skip all the equations <laughs> and so uh yeah uh, so yeah i've got better at doing that cool improved your process of reading papers i love it how uh, the master's program you haven't yeah. talked about in a while that's yeah it's as it, it starts this in a week this week okay yeah. okay starts yeah next semester starts soon good i was worried i was being a terrible friend and not asking you about <laughs> nope <laughs> okay good uh cool uh you mentioned also meeting place work that you had the customer with 100 uh members yeah it, mm-hmm. you're yes uh come on i was confused about the nomenclature of like you have you have customers and then they have members yes they have members yeah how did how did that feature go what, what was the feature that you implemented that you were holding back on yeah, so it's not done yet, but um, so like sites, a lot of sites, they have their own site and they just use meeting place, like say Eventbrite, which is like the back end for tickets, basically. Mm-hmm. And so what they want to show on their site is like a calendar of upcoming events, which makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. And there's an API you can use to get that information, but they're not a developer. And so they just want a piece of HTML they can plug in to like actually show a calendar with upcoming events. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's nearly done. Actually, a lot of the Acorn chat work helped with that because like it's an embed, right? Which is what Acorn chat is. And so... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I will soon have just a little embeddable widget, which is a calendar and then all your upcoming events. And then you can click on that to like go over to meeting place to actually RSVP and stuff. Um, so that's something I wanted for a long time and they asked for it and I'm going to, yeah, build it for them. I'm glad I asked you because I'm curious how you're doing embeds. That's also something I have to do for a file inbox. The way I'm currently doing it is in an iframe, Yeah, but that was the best practice of like when I was implementing it, like... <laughs> 10 years ago what is the strategy you're using right now i've seen like you inject the html and that makes it more themable and there's also all these things of like shadow dom stuff where it's not it's like its own separate css class what was the solution that you landed on yeah so iframe is easiest for sure especially if you yeah. want to do anything with cookies because the iframe can actually you can manage cookies with an iframe where you can't like from their site unless you i don't know if you can or not I don't think so. Yeah, so iframe is okay. easiest. Yeah. Cool. Noted. I will continue using iframes then probably for this serverless recode project. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never get done. No, that's not true. It will. Okay, I'm going to do it. Uh, cool. I would love to talk about some of the stuff I got up to this last week. Yeah. Um, I think the way I would characterize this week is productive procrastination. I had in the back of my mind, ah, Chris has given me these four things to do but two of them are having conversations with customers and like who's to say if i'm actually going to be able to get that <laughs> done like oh there's only four days left until i record the podcast so can i really 
reach out to 20 people and you know get two of them to sign up and that would just be such a hassle in scheduling so i might as well not do that at all and <laughs> just have that <laughs> in the back of my head as this force driving me forward of like there's this work that i'd rather not do that's clearly important that's something i made a public commitment to on this podcast so i would rather do anything else yep. so what i ended up doing was are you familiar with the wordle puzzle on uh that's i have been... seen it all over twitter uh i have not actually clicked on it uh sort of out of spite at this point so <laughs> good please explain what it is don't uh so for listeners who have not been on twitter in the last month uh wordle is a word puzzle that's been going viral where the the gist of the game is you're trying to guess a word and you have six chances to guess the word and each one of your guesses has to be a dictionary word. Uh, all, of, all of the words also are uh, only a length five. Um, so when you guess a word, you get feedback on if you got a letter in your guess correct and if that letter was in the correct position. So if the actual word is, you know, A-A-A-A-A and you guess, uh, well, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do it differently. If the, if the actual word is A-A-B-B-B and you guess... Uh, a B A B A. The this might be difficult to keep track of. Actually, <laughs> in a simpler case, if it was three letters, and the actual word is uh, A B A, and you guess A A B, then the first letter of your guess A is the correct. That that letter is included in the word, and it's in the correct position. So that letter will be green. The second letter of your guess, I think I said it was A. Uh, that's in the word, but it's not in the correct position. So that's going to be yellow. Hmm. And then the third letter is B of your guess, but it's, I've completely lost track of what I was saying. <laughs> you get the, the idea. I get it. So you, <laughs> uh, you, you, uh, keep guessing and, and you keep getting feedback. And so like, uh, I had seen these cryptic wordle, uh, emoji things pop up on Twitter and the format of it is like. Uh, someone says like, ah, I got it in the third one and I was confused about the second word. And it'll say Wordle Puzzle 207. Uh, and I used three out of my six guesses. And then it'll be a grid of the colors of the letters that you got. So like if you got none of the letters correct, it's it's going to be all gray. Uh, so that'll be the, the top row of the tweet. And then the second row is like, ah, it was green and then gray and then yellow and then gray and then green, meaning like you got the first and last letter correct. And the third letter uh, is in the word, but not in the correct position. And you get to see until the last row, it's it's all green. So I had seen this pop up on Twitter. I was like, what the heck is this? And I Googled Wordle and like didn't see something. And I searched in the app store and uh, there was like this terrible game in the app store that I don't think is the official game. That's just someone like taking advantage of its, its mm. popularity. Um and had a friend link it to me, and uh, I, I, I guessed one guess and felt this <laughs> fire in my bones of like, oh, <laughs> this is this is a problem I can solve, uh, because it's very similar to this board game called Mastermind, where it's the same sort of thing but with colored pegs. Hmm. Um, I think there's five different colors of pegs, and uh, you, you take turns. You know, one person is the code breaker, and one person is the code master. Uh, the code master sets a secret code with different colors of pegs, and then the code breaker. Uh, guesses and you get the same sort of feedback of like how many pegs did I get that were the correct color and how many did I get that were the correct color in the correct position and you're trying to solve this really interesting game like uh, 
cryptographically, algorithmically. Um, that's a game that I was already familiar with, and I was familiar with the solution because I played it with a friend who's a mathematician. <laughs> he was like, oh, this is a thing we could solve. How would you do this? Uh, and there was a paper published by Donald Knuth, who, among other things, invented the big O notation mm-hmm. and uh, like three other huge accomplishments that, that you'd be familiar with that I can't remember right now. Um, so I had tried to read through his paper and like read through a, a different summary, but understood the gist of what he was trying to do of like the strategy is you're trying to guess a word that's going to minimize the maximum possible remaining words. So you want to, you want to make a guess that's going to like reduce the, the possible set. Uh, and, and you want to keep doing that until there's only one uh, word left. So I just had so much fun. I, I was doing our strategy of like live tweeting as I was developing it and started off with just these utility functions of trying to figure out how do you evaluate a guess and what's the data format that I'm going to be formatting this in and uh, went all the way up to a published site, wordlesolver.com, where you can go for all your wordle solving needs. Uh, Just completely over-engineered of like, it's deployed on Vercel and it's serverless and it's in React. (laughs) And like, I did all these clever optimizations of like uh, memoization or, uh, uh, oh, that's not what it's called, caching. Uh, Oh my gosh, when you, when you, Cache a function. Memoization, probably. Memoization? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think that's right. Um, yeah, so it's it's just beautiful, and uh, it was so much fun. And in the process of doing this, like, I had a whole bunch of people who were, like, retweeting me, and one of my tweets was talking about how easy it was to deploy stuff on Vercel, and the CEO of Vercel retweeted me. And that, nice. that tweet now has, like, you know, some 4,000 impressions or something. Uh, so that feels really cool. I, I was reminded that building in public is a lot of fun. And uh, this series of tweets officially pushed me over 2,000 Twitter followers, oh, which good. I'm very excited about. Uh, and also, it was just a really fun project. Uh, that was my <laughs> that was, that's what took up the the majority of my uh, mental bandwidth this last week. Yeah, I mean, I had a similar week, so I can't say anything <laughs> bad about that. Uh, productive procrastination is you know is something uh, something that we both do a lot. And um, yeah, I mean that that's that's neat. Uh, one of the things, uh, I mean, we can talk about Wordle some more, but um, one of the things I'm interested in is what you said about like how you had something important to do, but you were it was a little unclear, and so you went this other direction. Um, yeah. And uh, that's how I feel all the time. Like if I I can get a lot done if I have something else more important to get done. Yeah. And uh, it's it's something I would like to solve for, but I don't know exactly how. I don't know if it's possible to. Um, yeah. If I have something important to get done, then a lot of other stuff is going to get done. Yeah, same. Like looking back on this week, I'm really happy with what I got done. I yeah. like I did this, and that was really fun. And uh, I, I pushed forward a bunch of other projects, like pushed forward a bunch of uh, midnight time tracker features that have been stuck in the pipeline, and uh, pushed forward Camhead. I'm I'm rewriting it in uh, Electron, uh, and pushed forward like our uh, podcast automatic editor, figuring out the audio quality. Like oh, on, cool. on the whole, it was wonderful uh if if i could consistently have a week like that every single week like great i'd be wonderful but like i i'm not happy that to get there i had to also set a goal for myself that i didn't achieve (laughs) like um because if i it feels like if i set my goal towards like okay this next week let's have a nice creative week let's like you know find a word game online to uh solve and you know push forward these other projects and uh, draft a blog post that if I set my goal there I would just slide down one more step mm-hmm. and I don't know what to do about that either 
Like, yeah. should we just is is the is the output of the "Won't You Be My Boss" uh, <laughs> routine just that like now we have something that's important that now we can get something done that's less important than that? Uh, oh, I don't I know how that... I feel about that, but like that would be okay. If that's yeah. what, that's what I'm working with. Uh, yeah, I hope not, but also yeah, it'd probably be okay. <laughs> so frustrating yeah part of that too i think it's just like I, I would like to be better at getting done the things that i set forward to be done uh so i would like to talk with you about the the goals for next week i think mm-hmm. it's reasonable to keep them how they are uh also small update my executive assistant starts later today uh which nice. i'm excited about yes i'm gonna put her to the task of helping me uh knock down my customer support emails uh that that is getting pushed forward um, also, the banner ad that we talked about two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, that's getting done. That's happening. All right. Uh, yes. Um, we can keep the goals for this next week exactly the same because uh, I, I have made no progress on them. Uh, but I'm curious if uh, we can work together to increase the likelihood that it actually gets done. Uh, as a reminder, the things we set were writing one article about how sign printers can use File Inbox. Um, and checking to make sure that it can be indexed by Google. The second was sending 20 emails to new sign printers, inviting them to an interview. Uh, and then the third and fourth were uh, talking to each of them with the deploy empathy framework. Um, I'm, I feel nervous that that didn't get done last week. And talking about it now, it feels manageable and feels like, ah, I was just being lazy and uh, <laughs> I should have pushed myself to get those done. Um, but if you have input on, how we could increase the likelihood. That's something I'd like to talk about. Yeah. D- did you do anything on the article one either? Or did you just ignore mm, all of them? Nope. Okay. Ignored all of them. I, have... I feel bad about that. Yeah, no. So I, this is good feedback for me as your fake boss because um, you, you behaved exactly like I would have. And so I can <laughs> give you more uh, like sort of directed um, feedback. I think, I think we should change them. I think we should change the goals. Okay. Um, and so I will make four that I think are ones that, are more like something that I would be more likely to do. Um, I still want you to find 20 people that you could potentially talk to. So um, that's one palm. And it may be with your executive assistant. I don't know. depends on how that goes. Or it may be just by yourself. But just find 20 people you can talk to. Um, The next one is going to be to send 20 emails. (laughs) So you don't have to actually talk to people, but you do have to send 20 emails. Um, uh, The next one then... I would say come up with 10 different articles you could write. And then the next one is to write a draft of at least one of those. So you don't have to publish it, but write a draft. Yeah, I like it. I like what you're doing there too. Like you're taking, you're splitting it apart. And also, yeah, yeah I'm splitting the... it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so <laughs> maybe I shouldn't tell you this because uh, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. But when I think about tasks, like, so writing a draft is way different than writing a published piece. Yeah. And I'll actually write a draft. And once I have a draft, it seems dumb not to publish it. Yeah. <laughs> so I suspect <laughs> if you actually write a draft, you will publish it. Um, yes. The same thing with contacting 20 people. If you contact 20 people and any of yeah. them respond, then I yeah. know that you will figure out how to respond you know, to them as well. Yes. So, um, yeah, that's why. These are all tasks I think like you can control. They're, none of them are scary, hopefully. Maybe sending 20 emails might be. Um, but otherwise, yeah. And I, let's change 20 to 10. Send 10 emails. Okay. Yeah, because um, sending 20 cold emails can be a lot. So, yeah, send 10. Okay. 
cool yeah and that's something i could reasonably do in in 25 minutes that right. feels good cool yeah that feels much better i see why they pay you the big bucks to be the boss uh, that's right <laughs> all zero dollars all right <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i i similar to writing a draft like yeah if i send 10 emails well you, you said this like if i send 10 emails inviting people to a chat like of course i'm just gonna do the chat but right. and, but that that doesn't need to be the thing that i'm like pushing myself to do that that feels like it'll just sort of happen um yeah okay good um bum, 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 bum. something i thought about is that i have access to this forum now of sign printers i could do a post in this forum similar to uh i think one of the examples in the deploy empathy book is talking about like here's an example post you can put on reddit to invite people to um talk to you and like offer them a mm-hmm. gift card or something um that's also a thing i can do uh that's it that's my thought <laughs> that's that's a thing <laughs> um, i can do also I mean, why don't you, as part of your coming up with 10 ideas for posts, at least one of them maybe should be something you could put on a sign printing website. Um, I would, okay. my initial reaction is that, uh, number one, you just found this place. So I wouldn't, like, I don't want to, you don't want to burn it too quickly. Like if you just yeah. post some semi-spammy looking, you know, come, I'll give you gift cards, then um, people yeah. may ignore everything else you have to say. Yeah, especially if it's my first post. Okay. So that feels a little weird. Um, yeah. But as part of your, how, you know, the task as part of your come up with 10 things, you know, have at least a few of them be things you could post on that, that forum. Yeah. Okay. Including things I could post on the forum. Good. Um, and then I want to get the banner ad done and I'm going to have my personal assistant get set up to do customer support email. Cool. Sounds like that's getting meaningfully pushed forward. Uh, thank you. This has been very helpful. Um, yes. Good. Um, good job both of us maybe not me <laughs> last week but yes uh cool sounds good um i have one more small fun segment called right. dude where's my chipotle ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay <laughs> so i ordered chipotle as you do uh and schedule it to be delivered and uh we gotta be somewhere in about an hour and uh delivery says it's gonna take 20 minutes so i'm like great perfect we'll have time to eat and then get ready and, and then go and uh i order it and it says the person is driving to the restaurant to go pick it up and then they stay at the restaurant for like half an hour mm-hmm. and i'm like oh we're starting to run up on the time that we need to leave and they've been there a while i have never done this but let me tap the button that says i can call them to just see what's going on like did they run out of guacamole and they're they're waiting for the guacamole to, to get on there so i call them and uh it's a voicemail that lists their number in the voicemail potential security threat with this model of like it has the yeah. proxy number going through like mm-hmm. i have their actual phone number now uh but i digress i call them it goes straight to voicemail and then about 40 minutes later i see them just start moseying out and they're they're driving up and they like take a wrong turn and then they go back up and then they drive all, all the way around here and i'm like do they have multiple deliveries and they were trying to like optimize for it Ah, whatever. We're still going to get it. And like, I've called and made arrangements so that I can be late to this thing. And then I see on my app, ah, it's been delivered. And I think, great. So I go outside. But what do I see, Chris? I see a suspicious lack of burritos. <laughs> there are none. So 
I call the other number that's like, if there's a problem with your delivery, call this number. And I call it and say, hello, uh, this person was 40 minutes late in delivering my Chipotle. And I went outside to check for it and it's not there. And the woman said, I'm so sorry. That sounds so frustrating. And I'm like, ah, very good empathy training. Like, good. Uh, and she's like, hang on one second. Let me call and see if this delivery person just left it in a weird place. So about two minutes later, she gets back on the phone and says, hello. Uh, I tried to call, but I went straight to voicemail. And I was like, I know, right? And she said, uh, we're going to send you a full refund. So I said, oh, great. <laughs> this this uh, came to a conclusion very quickly. <laughs> that's that's my story of dude where's your chipotle if you'll notice first it was dude where's my car an item worth approximately three thousand dollars then it was dude where's my laptop an item worth approximately two thousand dollars and now it is a bag of chipotle burritos which was worth approximately thirty dollars so i feel like my magnet for crime is weakening in intensity and that's my story from this last week Uh, you do realize you need something stolen every week now that's (laughs) to continue this uh uh yeah that's interesting i uh oh, we've gotten a lot of stuff delivered uh, because of covid and i don't think we've ever had a missed delivery um i don't know yeah it's kind of amazing right like the world is really cool i uh, we were trying to theorize about like what happened if they wanted to quit and also were hungry so they just went and picked up a chipotle delivery and then we're like well i'm just gonna eat this and then drive around uh, uh I, I don't know what happened because I'd like to have a if charitable they, interpretation of it of like if some maybe they got the wrong address and they left it at the wrong address and like they were there because not because of the delivery person's fault but because like Chipotle mixed something up or maybe someone else came in and stole my order and they were waiting for to to get remade. Uh, yeah, I don't. It's it's amazing that the system works almost all the time. Yeah, an, an obvious exploit of the system that I would think is like. If, if ever you're hungry, you go into a random Chipotle and you just pick a random bag off the shelf and leave. Uh, I'm surprised that doesn't happen more often. Um, it's really cool that society works most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's an interesting story from back when I was actually going into an office um, in downtown. And uh, it was like I went to this Jimmy John's probably once a week and they used to have the rack of like the to-go orders or whatever right by the door. And then after a while, I real I saw that it was moved way to the back of the store, <laughs> and mm. I asked why, and I said someone kept coming in and stealing bags, oh, man. and apparently moving it to the back of the store fixed the uh, problem. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's funny to me because like you would think that's not that much harder. <laughs> yeah, walk to the back of the store, but I guess for the person who's like thinking in short enough terms that they're gonna steal a sandwich having just that little extra bit of friction does it that that like is a meaningful amount of uh uh a, a barrier in the way to to get their free sandwich yeah. uh it reminded me of the the social experiment where and who knows if you can replicate this there's all sorts of problems with social experiments but if you are like i think it was i don't remember what the task was making change or something i can't remember but if you had a big picture of someone staring at you then the people were more truthful than oh. if they didn't have a big picture of someone staring interesting at them. i wonder if that's like social pressure even if it's not a real person yeah yeah, yeah. maybe that's my problem i got i got little i got little squinty eyes I, got, I, got, I need like big old googly eyes on a hat or something so people stop stealing stuff from me <laughs> 
Uh, good. I'm glad we uh, glad we sorted that out. Uh, cool. I think that's I think that's all I have. We're only at 43 minutes though. Anything else we want to chat about? Um, there there was something I saw just before this podcast. I don't know if there's anything interesting we can say about it. But so Y Combinator, their original deal, the 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 one they had last month was one hundred twenty thousand dollars for seven percent of the company, and now it is one hundred twenty thousand dollars for seven percent of the company. But three hundred and the, the rest of it up to five hundred k as an automatic safe, which means if you ever raise more money, so, so you get five hundred k. If you ever raise more money, it converts at whatever valuation you have when you raise more money. Oh, interesting. Otherwise, you just get to keep it. Um, so huh. now instead of 120K, it's 500K. Um, huh. Which is a lot of money. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, that's that's significant. Um, I don't know if there's anything we can say about that, but that was an interesting uh, thing that just came out. It, it went from 120K to 120K plus half a million. Uh, 120K plus 380. You know. uh, okay, okay. Total of 500K. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I wonder why they're doing that. Is it is the the angel uh, VC space getting more crowded? Is there, are, is there more competition? Now? So, they, the, there's a couple things. One, they said the blog post they've kind of wanted to do this for a long time, um, and they've just recently been able to because they had several of their investments IPO. So, like I know uh, Ginkgo Bioworks did, and you know, like they just have a lot of more much bigger companies having valuation or having um, liquidity events, so they mm-hmm. actually have more money. Um, but the other thing is they kind of were doing this already because they automatically did follow-on rounds. And so if you raised money and you wanted to re-raise from YC, then they would automatically raise at your new valuation. Mm. Or they, they would automatically put money in. So they're kind of already doing this. You're just getting the money later. Um, um, but now they can give you all the money up front. Um, yeah. It just feels... It's, it's just interesting because it feels like people will build different companies knowing they have 500k in the bank instead of 120 yeah yeah so i wonder if this is going to because they did an experiment before where people automatically got more investment from i can't remember who it was but a third party they like they would automatically invest in all yc companies at some valuation and they actually found that to be detrimental because people spend spent a lot more money faster um they didn't stay as lean for as long hmm. so i wonder if that will sort of change how people think about money i don't know hmm. interesting i'd like to chew on this a little bit um because some, some some interesting thoughts that come to mind are like, I had forgotten for a while that the initial YC investment is comparatively so low that mm-hmm. that seems like a really good strategy to just make a lot of $120,000 bets. You, and then you don't really care about each individual one because, yep. you know, one out of 50 is going to be Dropbox. And then, okay, great. That's paid for another, you know, thousand of, of these yep. sort of investments. Um, that's a that's a really cool model, and something that I think uh, Earnest Capital and um, oh, Tiny Seed. Yep. Uh, did Earnest Capital change their name? Or it's yeah, now Earnest, Earnest Capital. Earnest Capital changed the Calm Company Fund. Calm Company Fund. That's right. Uh, yeah, the the that seems like a good game. Make make a bunch of smaller bets in more companies. Um, and then because of the nature of tech, you're going to get disproportionate returns. Yeah. And something that Calm Company Fund and Tiny Seed would actually say is that they're making slightly different bets. They're still making several of them, but they want lower valuations, but higher success rates for their companies. Mm. So um, like YC is definitely, you know, yeah. If you IPO, then you return our whole fund kind of kind of bets. Um, both Calm Company Fund 
which is slightly harder to say than earnest capital. That's interesting. They had to change it by the, because of a trademark infringement or something like that. Like, uh, so, gross. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, but Calm Company and Tiny Seed. Um, and then there was NDVC, but NDVC actually shut down uh, partly because it's it's a difficult game to make a lot of sort of smaller bets actually than it is mm. to to make the big bets. Um, but because of the want to because because of the type of companies that that they want to kind of support, um, they have to make these smaller bets. So. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. I don't have much more to say about that. Other than <laughs> I'm curious how having access to that much more money is going to change the strategy of founders going into YC. If it's if that's going to be detrimental now, because like you said, they're not as lean. If they're if there is something about that scrappy bootstrapper mindset that you you try to get things done cheaply, because um, 120,000 for for a company like actually isn't that much money in college i was like oh my god one hundred twenty thousand dollars where do i sign uh well and it used to be like 12 so they used to their very first few years and those first few years produced dropbox and reddit and yeah yeah lots of big companies what an investment yeah 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 has your calculus shifted at all uh, with this information of (laughs) no you'd want to go to okay uh yeah i mean I, i would YC is, you know, like, like, still, it's still possible that someday in the future, maybe I want to make a very big company, but right now that is the opposite of what I want. Yeah. Mm. So I'm, there is a, I think I've talked about this before. There's a point in time when I was very interested in like, you know, making a very big company with a lot of impact. And then I was like, no, actually I don't want to do that at all. Yeah. Um, that's still where I am. So I can't say that my idea, you know, around that will change uh, or not in the future, but yeah, right now, no, I don't, I don't want that. Yeah. yeah, personally, I think my my personal investment strategy aligns much more with Tiny Seed or Com Company. Of like, I I would like things. I I would like a lot of things with a small market cap with a higher chance of success, as opposed to like putting all my eggs in one basket and ah, I have this new social app and um, spending sixty hours a week on it, and that's going to be the thing I do. Um, I think. I was having this conversation with a friend the other day who, uh, in the context of having kids, um, my friend is putting everything he has into career and uh, working these insane 60-hour shifts, uh, doing medical research and all this really cool stuff with medicine in uh, wilderness settings of, like, climbing Everest and uh, (laughs) doing stuff with crazy uh, CPAP machines. And... We were roommates in college and we're sort of along the same track of going to become doctors. And uh, it's interesting to see that our paths have diverged now. Like he's, he's putting all his eggs into this one basket of like medical career research focused in wilderness medicine. And I'm spreading myself out more of like, well, I'm going to put a little bit of energy into investing and I'm going to put a little bit of energy into like health and improving the humidity in my room and i'm gonna put a little energy into having kids and i'm gonna put a little energy into growing uh file inbox but also some energy into all these other things and when an opportunity comes up like making a wordle solver well i have the bandwidth to be able to do that and maybe it turns into something and maybe it doesn't maybe the only thing that happens is you know the the ceo of Vercel retweets me and that feels <laughs> kind of cool and like it, it feels like if i make enough of those bets broader more like holistically that that uh that is going to maximize the chances of uh living a good life i think i used to be in this 
Well, that's that's not quite true. I, I used to be very curious about the idea that, like, if the only thing you did in life was make a whole bunch of money, that guaranteed that you were going to have a good life because money is the one thing missing that, like, any problem you have can be solved by enough money. But came to a new position in critically thinking about that of realizing, like, rich people sometimes have worse problems than I have of, mm-hmm. like, if you haven't put any work into relationships and you're trying to fix all your relationships with money, like that's going to be so much worse. And health is something that's difficult to buy. If you let it go too quickly, um, all these rich CEOs who have like heart problems and haven't exercised in the last 40 years. Like, <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter how many millions of dollars they could spend for them. Like the best personal trainer in the world now, like they, they have lost something that they could have, kept more easily if they'd been investing a little bit of energy uh in the in the long term so i feel affirmed that that's how i'd like to be living my life i think that's a better strategy yeah yeah i it um i wish that we could live multiple lives because i think it would be i think it'd be so extremely interesting like pour everything you have you know 100 hours a week into you know like one thing and really accomplish something awesome yeah but given that I have one life, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and yeah. so if I had multiple lives, one of mine would definitely would be that. Like, I think it would be super interesting to do that. But with one life, not at the expense of everything else. Um, and so that's, yeah, why I live a way more balanced life. Because you only got one life, yeah. Also, um, so Paul Graham has a few great quotes about stuff like this. Like, uh, billionaire, well, so one is like, yeah, as your startup grows and you get more money, right? And you are more successful. The volume of problems doesn't go down. It actually goes up. You know, mm. they are more... They are fancier problems. I think he says, like, you're worrying about the air conditioning going out in your London office instead of, like, <laughs> you know, I don't know, whatever. Uh, not, you know, having termites in your apartment or something. Yeah. But um, but the volume of worry doesn't go down. And then the other thing he says is, like, uh, billionaires are working, like, they, ha- they have the same amount of problems that, that we do probably more but they just can't complain about it like once you're rich if you complain about things then people are like yeah but you have a billion dollars yeah yeah (laughs) and so uh they can't uh they can't complain about anything otherwise they get criticized so uh yeah i think those are interesting thoughts so i with my one life i'll be happy with the uh well dispersed middle of the road kind of existence yeah that feels like a good place to end it words of wisdom from chris ashard good uh i agree i think yeah uh, uh one one last thought from me of you mentioned wanting to be able to live multiple lives that's what i feel like i get out of books i've been on this Mm. kick of reading a bunch of these biographies of like steve jobs and elon musk and stuff and i feel like i in a way have gotten to live part of their lives i got to see their choices and where those choices led them and uh i i have the advantage now of like i get to see I get to see where the choices led them. Like, like living your life in this way led you to this spot. And now I get to take a step back and look at, okay, well, is that a spot that I would want to go to? Well, I like this part of it, but I wouldn't want this part. And I'm not sure how you could get the one without the other. And actually I'm, I'm kind of happy of the way that I'm doing it. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe let me take this, this one piece of this, this passion of like diligently working towards this thing. If you you have an idea for how you want the, the world to be better, but like, don't, work on that so much that you sacrifice yeah. uh your your humanity that you're not allowing yourself to have human connection and, and vulnerability and uh that you place such an importance on these goals that you lose track of that the day-to-day um that's my life hack to living multiple lives 
read books. Yeah, uh, that's neat. I like that. Cool. In that case, that's all I got. That's all I got, too. Then I'll see you next week. Goodbye.